This week on the Time Blaster Toy Cast, we're joined by Brandon Braswell of the 9 to 5 Warriors, an exciting new toy line created for the Toys R Us kids that never grew up. From conception to construction to creation, we're going to do a deep dive on the process of producing your own action figure line right after this break. Welcome to the Time Blaster Toy Cast. You can download this podcast on all major streaming platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a review. On each episode, we will select a random review for a very special giveaway. To stay up to date with us, please make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Time Blaster Toys, also at The Retro KO. We also want to hear from you. Ask us a question on Twitter or Instagram using the hashtag AskTimeBlasterPod, and we will try our best to answer as many as we can on the show. My name is Dave, at Matthew Priest on social media, and we are ALIVE live and kicking with the following toy cast which is a special edition scheduled for a 60-minute time limit. Introducing first, your hosts. They're weighing in today with the stress of fatherhood and the fanfare of figures with actions. They are the reigning, defending, toy cast tag team champions of the world at Retro KO Joe, at Time Blaster Toys Keith, together known as the Time Blaster Toy Cast. And now, making his way down the Time Blaster Toy Cast toy aisle, today's guest is an entrepreneur. His brand new toy line, the 9 to 5 Warriors, is available for pre-order at TheBigBadToyStore.com. Hailing from Miami, Florida, by way of New York City, New York, please welcome a video editing vanguard, an action figure architect, the Neoteric and 9 to 5 Warriors, a Toys R Us kid who never grew up, Brandon Braswell. I want to run out. Like, I need a belly. I feel so... <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> Just like anytime I'm coming over anyone's house. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we gotta 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 get you in big, so we're excited. Nine to five warriors. Let's just jump into it. Um I love when I first saw jumped on your websites, nine to five warriors dot com folks. I mean the catchphrases, the commercial, the concept, this is straight out of the eighties and nineties. I mean just go check it out for yourselves. Nine to five warriors dot com, number nine, T O five, the number five warriors dot com. And so, Brandon, please just walk us through the journey and the concept and the creation behind it. Oh, man. So thank you again for having me on first and foremost. I appreciate it. Any opportunity to share my passion project is is I'm grateful for. So um, <clears throat> basically how Nine Five Warriors came to be and how this room, which is full of my collection, came to be is the same story. Um, I remember I lived in, in L.A. At, at the time and I went to this diner that was super packed. And next door was this uh, really cool vintage toy shop, much like yours. And when I walked in there, I had no, you know, at the time, no collection, wasn't interested in collecting toys. You know, I, I didn't even think of it. But when I walked in there, I was like smacked with nostalgia. So I was just like, what? I remembered all my memories rushing back to me and it just hit me really hard. And as you mentioned, I'm a video editor and I've been in the, the video game for years. And I know how to convey that emotion through, you know, music, sound lights action camera but i never had that like through a physical product so when i'm in there 
I was like, what the hell is this power of the toy, this nostalgia, this drug, <laughs> which as you see, took over very quickly of like not having any toys, having an entire room. And so, yeah, that catapulted into like, I want to make a toy. The, that idea kind of was with me as a child, uh, you know, like you guys just love playing with Ninja Turtles, love playing with freaking G.I. Joe. There's something in me that wanted to create my own toys, which I kind of did with school supplies and like any leftover things I could find to mash up like an action figure. And yeah, so once I decided like I want to make a toy and recapture that magic of the Saturday morning cartoon era, as I call it, I just started brainstorming and nine to five warriors came to life like relatively quickly. Like it was kind of like, like lights went on, like everything I did as a kid, plus everything I loved as a kid just smashed together into what you see today. Finally, a reason to go back to the office. Introducing nine to five warriors, an exciting new toy line created for the Toys R Us kid that never grew up. Offering 10 unique characters that are perfect for your cubicle or home office. The 9 to 5 Warriors are available through Big Bad Toy Store. Join the battle alongside Major Eraser and the Water Cooler Commandos as they keep the peace. Or wreak havoc with Colonel Custard and the Break Room Bandits. Choose your side as these two forces clash over total office domination. It's every day from 9 to 5. Warning, do not leave unattended. Each figure sold separately. When you punch out, they come punching in. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I was going to ask, like, how soon after you getting back into the toy game did the idea for, <clears throat> excuse me, 9 to 5 Warriors come to be? Because, I mean, there's so many of us that have collected toys forever, but to actually have an idea, an original idea of a toy line and then actually, you know, make it happen, dude, like, hats off to you. That's crazy. When I saw the images on Instagram a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, this is like, you know, if I ever had an idea for a toy line, I'd want it to be something like this. It's yeah. just right. so cool and reminiscent of you know all the things we grew up loving thank you thank you it wasn't instant it was this technically is 10 years in the making and granted eight to nine of that i was like self-defeated and i didn't pursue it yeah. but um when i first launched the uh the toy line to me is like if i'm gonna make a great toy i sat back like with my favorites you know like what made this great what was mm -hmm. it about it what it's not just the plastic you know and the packaging like what how what's triggering this nostalgia all over again this this special feeling and to me it went back to the story and i again being a storyteller i just fell in love with the fact that like as a kid we had such great tv shows you know like i'll, I'll co constantly use ninja turtles as an example because that one's like dear to my heart it was just full of creativity this wackiness cool characters and that to me is what made those toys special because Back then, there was no Netflix, you know, you can't just be like crammed another episode, crammed another episode right after binge, 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 right. and you never get off the couch, you know, as a kid, there's a certain time for cartoons. And then after that, you're, you're playing with your toys, and you're taking the adventure you saw on the screen off the screen. And that's like, like sparking your imagination while you play. And to me, that's what I'm aiming for with this action figure line, like, everything's designed to trigger some sort of imagination at some level you know so yeah. going back i don't know if i asked this question like i started there with story yeah because i had no idea how to make a toy like <laughs> I, I hit people up and they're just like that were making their own kind of indie toys and they either left me unread or just left me some confusing information but 
I started with a story because I knew how to quickly Google comic books and how to print trading cards, et cetera. So uh, I put my like imagination to use and just started drafting up stories and started there. Yeah, it's totally true, man. I mean, every good action figure property when we were growing up had a cartoon or a comic book, something to fill in the gaps and explain to you who these dudes are to make you want to play with them. And that's what I love about your line is the story is like so cool. And I mean, I think right now would be a perfect time. Like, lay it on us, man. Give us like the, you know, the 30 second, 60 second pitch. <laughs> Let us fill in the backstory of the nine to five warriors. Cause it's an awesome story. All right. My pleasure. Thank you. So, Nine to Five Warriors follows the misadventures of a ragtag group of office supplies named the Water Cooler Commandos as they defend the office from rotten leftovers named the Break Room Bandits. So this all started because an office loner named Alan McMillan. He's like typical average Joe, kind of keeps himself in his cubicle. But the weird thing about him is he creates action figures from his <laughs> supplies and uh, and his lunch items. One day, a freak accident, you know, typical 90s style <laughs> <creates> <laughs> them all to life and the personalities that he spoke to them while they're inanimate objects transferred over to them as real life partners i mean uh, action figures so for instance like major eraser being the eraser in real life like his sole job is to fix mistakes you know to do yeah. what is right to uh rub away any mistakes and uh er- errors so his personality is kind of like that a perfectionist that sees what Colonel Custard, the evil leader, is up to as he's creating more and more mishaps and mistakes. So it's his duty to literally maintain office peace, keep things the way they should be, and mm-hmm. rid of their evilness. And I like to like compare him to like <clears throat> his philosophy as to like what small soldiers was with the Gargonites, where they wanted to like once their job is done, they have to go off <laughs> and protect or just for the sake of humanity. So that, you know, if they were ever to be discovered. He knows what the power of Gensei could do to to the world. Love the small soldiers reference there. <laughs> um, I work in an office as my day job. I know Keith, you used to work in an office. Joe, did you ever work in an office? Uh, no, not really. So I assume as a video editor, you spent plenty of time working in an office uh, as, as well. Any personal experiences that, that came from this? Alan McMillan based off of you or someone you know? <laughs> Pretty much like me. Uh, I've I worked in creative offices which is like agency style but there is this one summer that like prop like it was the summer before all this started so i know that that helped there was one summer where i had to work in like a corporate cubicle style office yeah and i wanted to like blow my brains out because like, <laughs> i'm usually with like an open area i never had a real cubicle and that was the one time i was like forced in that little sanction and had to work alone <laughs> And I was just like, what do people do here all day, man? This is kind of going nuts. <laughs> well, I've, been, I've been doing it 10 years, and uh, it's very easy to lose your mind in there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Water Cooler Commander or Break Room Bandit, which one do you identif- Which team do you identify with more? <laughs> I'm a commandos all the way, man. They're just... Yeah. So what's cool is about the Break Room Bandit is Colonel Custard's like constantly amassing more and more bad guys, but the yeah. commandos, a five-man team always you know rises above the rest you know so they always come out it's about like teamwork and like that's the beauty of them like i think in my head each episode that doesn't exist yet would (laughs) (laughs) would show them you know overcoming a a challenge and how they work together because they all have cool different sets of skills and unique things about them 
So can we, let's just go through through each one. You've mentioned Colonel Custer and Major Eraser, um, and what they do as the leaders. So I know we've got a we've got a pencil on each side, which I got a question for you later on. But let's just <laughs> let's just run through all ten. Uh, of the figures, Dave. The pencils are brothers. I know. Oh, okay. oh so I'm sure you knew that. I'm ready. Sibling rivalry a, here. I've got a great question later on when we get near <laughs> the end of this thing. I think it'll have some fun with it. I'll start with Major Racer again. I gave you a little backstory of him. His whole idea is like, I got to fix everything that that's gone wrong. And he might come off a little code to his brothers, but at the end of the day, he's a like heart of gold. He means well. Um, so next to him, second in command is Lieutenant Led. And that's your like perfect supply for any job. He's up for anything, you know, as a pencil, he's, you know, the best supply you can ask for. <laughs> so when Alan created him, he, uh, I'll go into that. Um, he, there was one single pencil and that was his favorite pencil in the whole wide world until a Billy bully snapped it in half. So quickly to remedy the situation, Alan like sharpened both ends and Lieutenant Led came out, you know, as a normal pencil with an eraser top and a, uh, a pencil bottom a pointed bottom and his brother number two became like this dysfunctional weird office supply that has two ended pencils and in his mind he literally cannot make a mistake there's no way to fix it if he has an eraser <laughs> yeah. so that pressure of being perfect caused number two to like want to take over the band uh, the, the water cooler commandos because they were on the same team at the time but his overarching need to be number one like led them to slid up so lieutenant led is that perfect supply for any job next in command is tech sergeant scotchy my personal favorite oh that figure's so awesome. cool dude awesome so cool <laughs> it's funny like i was always excited about this figure but in my mind he wouldn't be cool until like series two and i can actually add like mechanics like in my mind i wanted the batman belt uh, and they're like retractable yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. harness mm -hmm. and it wasn't until like a month before really saying okay i'm gonna make this figure like by an accident like a tape dispenser was next to major eraser i was like holy shit they're kind of the same size like uh -huh. i quickly rigged it together and it's funny because that should have came first to mind but i was like i'm gonna actually make them out of a tape dispenser and use that like as the basis so tech starts and scotchy he's like your mr fix it he can build anything. He's the, the weapons and uh, uh, vehicle specialist. He, he'll create barriers, you know, defense mechanisms for the water cooler commandos. So you'll definitely want him by his side. And, of course, he's Scottish because it's Scotch tape. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then next up is Brigadier Bouncy. And he's the explosion specialist of the group and the goofball, which is a dynamic mix, of course. <laughs> you have explosions and belches. And he's just, you know, your, your typical comedic relief of the group. He isn't, you know, serious per se, but you can always count on him to be, you know, the first onto the battlefield and the last mm -hmm. to leave on the battlefield. And lastly is Corporal Can. So you'll notice that Corporal Can is the only food on the water cooler commandos. And right, he's yeah. non-perishable. And it's because when he was transformed, you know, like he overheard bandits or Colonel Custard's uh, plea for taking over the world. And he just wasn't about that. He sees like we can all live in harmony. We shouldn't do anything. So some called him the scaredy can, but he's really just a pacifist. <laughs> he just, <wants> <laughs> so he and his nutty spies. And the coolest thing about that toy is like, 
first up, I was like, how the hell am I going to make a toy out of a can of peanuts? <laughs> like, how's that going to be cool? <laughs> and what came to mind was the old army men buckets. And I love those because, you know, you pop them open and essentially have multiple toys in one and you can place them around the room. And that's the theme behind him. He's the communication specialist. And that just was simply of like remembering as a kid, I wasn't that old, but playing with cans, the telephone, I don't know if people remember that. Like you just take a string in one end and oh, yeah. a string in the other end. Yeah. And I was like, who could be the communication specialist, a can, can of what? And then can of peanuts is how he came, came about. And surprisingly, like, he's really popular with, at the moment with the pre-orders. And again, that just goes to show, like I was worried about something, but like I pushed like, what I would hope his personality and ingenuity and the fun, I guess, factor of it all. Yeah. And I feel people are resonating with it. That's awesome. So going back to Sergeant uh, Scotchy here for a second. So with his tape, Mac, are you literally putting a roll of Scotch tape in this figure? Yeah. Tape roll not included. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sweet. yeah. Okay. It's so, awesome. Yeah, supp- yeah. I mean, I figured as such, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. That's so cool, dude. You pop off his legs and take off his kilt all over, and you're able to pop in a new tape dispenser. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Like one night, one idea. When I saw him, <laughs> him and the chips, man, the Commodore chips. Mm-hmm. Those are like those two figures to me. Yeah. I'm like, man, you can't beat these two guys. They're so cool. <laughs> Dave, did you see the chips? Oh yeah, I've, I've fully I've, formed I've, figure that breaks off into three. Yeah, man, I, I, I studied I up want, like twenty of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Like, so we, I want to see if we could eventually add stacks, you know, so it's endless. But oh yeah, man, yeah. So go. Oh, He's go got the the three stacks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was we went through the commanders there. We got the break room bandits to go through next. Were there uh, before one question I did have? So there's ten, five on each side. Was there thoughts of more or less, or was it always going to be five and five? Out the gate, I definitely wanted like the core group to be five versus five. And just like any 90s show, there's going to always be an episode where a new bandit comes to life. You know, corporate, like, like I said, the water cooler commanders always seem to come out on top. So Colonel Custard is always looking for a way to beat them and make sure that he can reign supreme. So I, I love the idea of like, hopefully I get these across the line and meet the minimum order quantity so I can like create all the other characters in the back of my mind you know i know people have been asking me for army builders like play sets and all that like of course that's hopeful like but it's yeah i'm still here at this point <laughs> gotcha so who are the break room bandits who are these villainous rogues for the commandos <laughs> so led by the evil colonel custard you know uh, a donut that his backstory was like being a delicious donut you know he was full of love and pride until someone took a bite out of him. He was stale and disgusted, and they literally just like spit him out and tossed him in the trash. It wasn't until Alan picked him up and rescued him to play with him that you know he inherited that whole wanting, seeking revenge to wasteful humans, as he puts it. And I like to put a like a Captain Planet's twist to him, like he wants to. <laughs> you know, I could see him like saying realistic stuff like that like we should think about like (laughs) single use plastics and like things like that that would actually piss him off but he really just wants to take it to the next level and just get rid of humans because they're they're the they're the problem and i think it'd be a fun dynamic of like hearing the things that he would come up with and and fights he picks over things that are like 
real shit, uh, real stuff that we actually should, you know, pay attention to. <laughs> so you have like a, a reason to like the bad guy, but of course, the way he goes about it is not the mess. So he's the evil mastermind behind it all. To his right would be uh, Specialist Sugar, and she's the beauty in the brain. She's like she's the strategist behind them all. Like without her, the bandits would really just be a bunch of <laughs> rotten dummies that would just never get anything done yeah. and she's a brute force she's actually made out of artificial artificial sweetness uh sweetener so she's able to actually like shift into any practically any object so the the line is is like when battle begins the the ba- uh the water cooler commandos better dissolve her fast because she literally will like she could single-handedly wipe them all out uh next up would be uh, let me see. So S- Sergeant Spore. So he's like the brute force behind the, the bandits. He's pure muscle. He's the biggest figure out of all of them. He's like 5.25 while inches while the others are floating around 3.75 inch range. They all mm-hmm. range slightly. But what's cool about his design is he like curves over and arches directly over uh, Major Racer specifically. So like cool. if you put them two to two, like Major Racer goes directly under him and that was just something to like build into what i learned now is like you could storytell through sculpts yeah and, like, you add these elements to the toy that like if a kid picked them up without reading the back history seeing a cartoon or even the back of the card could he could they get the overarching like theme that he's muscular he's he's um overpowering yeah imposing yeah and that was the beauty of him. Like he's the typical like half rotten brain, so he's the dumb henchman of the group. He'll yeah. <laughs> his his specialty is crunching numbers, not I mean sorry, crunching pendules, not numbers. And basically, yeah, he'll follow every command without question. But okay, maybe a few questions because his brain is half rotten after it. So then next is Commodore Chris. And so just like the bandits have a communication specialist with Corporal Can, Commodore Chris is the communications, I don't want to say specialist, but he handles communication. His, yeah. He splits them to double, doppelgangers, and whatever they see and hear gets transferred back to the one chip. So even if they, they get hurt, I remember there was like an old 90s show where like I think it was like twins or something, like one gets hurt, the other, they all feel it. But that was like a premise. I can't remember the show, but that always stuck with me. I'm like, that's such a weird thing. <laughs> uh, so like you mentioned, he stacks into one single character or he breaks up into three individual trips. And then last but not least is number two. And as I stated, he stems from the same pencil from Lieutenant Lead. And although they come from the same pencils, their broken ends will never unite again. He's just hell bent on trying to be number one and vindictive just terrible human, I mean, humanoid type of character. So well fleshed out, right? Like all these characters are unique and cool. Um, You know, you come up with these ideas, you flesh out these characters, but like walk us through like the process. Like what do you even do to start like producing these things? Or, I mean, you have the idea and then it's like, then what? Like, where do you even start? You know, kind of walk us through some of the, you know, the highlights of the process, I guess. So since I'm not an artist, the first thing was like getting the vision of them out of my head. Right. So I did what I could with like Photoshop, taking 
images from characters I like, um, whether it be actors, you know, mm-hmm. cartoons, but their whether it's their expression, their style, whatever, and putting them all in a PDF, like a whole character brief. And yeah. from there, I hired an, an artist to like literally just bring them into a cartoon form. Mm-hmm. And as I said, I didn't know how to make a toy, so I just kept on down that road of like, how do I make this thing a, a reality, yeah. whether it's a TV show that never existed or a toy line that will soon to be. And mm-hmm. I went the route of just focusing on stories. So from having those sketches, I found then an animator because the idea was I love story. And like every TV show that we had as a kid had that 60 second, you know, yeah. catchy theme song montage of the whole premise. You start mm-hmm. to see how they were created. Well, like the whole story in one minute form. Yeah. So that's actually my first idea of like, I want to create that a t- uh, the intro to a TV show that doesn't exist yet. Yeah. So I started there, like hired this guy. This is back in 2012, like from Ukraine. And he was amazing to work with. Like he literally just worked in the same realm of like doing everything by hand, kind of like flip book animations and then eventually transitioned to digital. So it was an awesome experience to see that come mm-hmm. to life. Literally like checking my, inbox every morning was like christmas it was like oh my god (laughs) that's cool yeah it's like and from there like at the same time i was kind of working on the comic book and the trading cards this is all self-financed too by the way so i'm like just trying to hustle and figure out a way to get them out Mm -hmm. and slowly but surely yeah i eventually ended up with the the intro the trading cards which were very much in the in the style of like vintage wax packs and that was really yeah awesome process too these are like all hand packed and done by the one company that's still in the United States that actually does this. They're using like all the original machinery from Tops and all those back oh, in the wow. day. And unfortunately, I lost steam then. I started creating all this stuff. And, you know, I don't know if you guys experienced that as like a creator of any type you, or even as a business owner, you start feeling like that imposter syndrome very quickly. Like, yeah. who am I to start this? Who am I? Will this ever be successful? Oh my God, people are like comparing it to this or that. And like, or there's just not responding to DMs and stuff. So like that got to my head very quickly. And I kind yeah. of, again, self-financing, I just got burnt down. And like also just, again, didn't know how to make a damn toy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so cut two years later, the pandemic hits and the itch to make a toy never left. Like honestly, mm-hmm. it just was always in the back of my mind. Like make the toy, make the toy, how? I don't know. And Eventually, I found Scott Henze, who is now that's the coolest part is I found the sculptor that was literally so I found Scott Henze, the mastermind behind like practically all of my favorite toys from Ninja Turtles to Street Sharks, uh, Exo Squad, even. Yeah, man, he's like responsible for everything. It's insane because at first I discovered him, I, I just knew for sure he did Ninja Turtles and the bad guy uh-huh. specifically. But every time I got off the phone with him or every time I saw him post something new, I was like, son of a like, you did that. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about, like, Happy Meal toys that, like, literally were my favorite. And it just makes no sense besides, like, this man has, like, a gift of making true toys. Yeah. So, and I want to give that respect to him because I did actually try back in the day um, to make them into a toy. So I, the same way I tried to uh, made the comic book and stuff, I did reach out to artists, you know to uh-huh. make the physical models or the the physical toys and they just came out really bad like you i noticed there's a difference you can't just hire any 3d sculptor and expect them to make a toy there's a huge difference of like 3d models and then a toy maker 
So that was more wasted money and wasted efforts until I met Scott, who really just took the idea, saw the sketches, and then translated it into a physical product. And now here we are with all 10. I found a cool balance of having Scott work on half the figures. Mm-hmm. And the other half was done digitally by another artist that I don't know if you're familiar with this um, independent toy line called Plunderlings, but they're a really cool brand and a line if you're interested. Like that artist took it to the next level too of like finding the balance of nostalgia and the modern technology that I needed to make them, you know, yeah. physical toy today. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the the commercial there, which was awesome, and I'm glad you talked about the animator in there because it's one of the questions I I had. I was like, the animation one is so cool. I could I love the story, and I love that you've got weaknesses for your characters. I feel like so many people create characters with no weaknesses, and they think about that later. And it's so important to have, but um, you you have this set up to where we already have like a series. It feels like with the comic, it's there. So any. What do we got to do here? We got to get the toys sold, and then is there a series on the way? We're going to get a cartoon? We're going to get actual comics? I mean, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm stoked, Brandon. That's what I'm hoping. Like, honestly, I, there, each step along the way, I don't know how to do it, basically. Like, even now, I, like, last year, I started with just the first two figures, and I ran a Kickstarter that didn't reach it. And I was just learning then, okay, understanding how to talk to these factories in China, how to understand this logistics. Like, everything is, like, extra hard and like it's just a very tedious and expensive process to make a toy or any product so now i'm like finally in this position like i got the lack of the factories unlocked i understand how to do all this i finally got like a partner through big bad toy store to handle the fulfillment and distribution and now it's like it's all like you said it feels like it's right there it's within my grasp and truthfully right now it's it's i just have to reach my minimum order quantity for all the figures so by pre-ordering you're like helping ensure that they can go into production mm-hmm. and netflix if you're watching or anything like that hit me up <laughs> the series is ready to go i got the bible i got everything <laughs> yeah i don't like typically as you know like the the toy shows were basically 30 minute commercial toy commercials back in the day yeah, so i'm yeah. hoping someone clicks the dots and like oh shit let's get on this because truthfully they're they're that's what i kind of hate right now there's just there's nothing new out there in the yeah. sense of like original kid style content and yes right now i'm marketing it to the adults basically through all the language but to me that's the way to a kid there is no saturday morning cartoon network so i can't run a commercial you know like i have to get to the the father or the mother and then through language that they know and things that they resonate and hopefully you know they'll bring their kid into this new world yeah because kids can see a ninja turtle today and they have nothing to reference it to like the michael bay movies that's the closest thing like that's not the ninja turtle we grew up we we have our discrepancies there but like gi joe even like all these things that keep getting remade and rebooted and re like dug up and dug up and dug up there's no basis there's no story for the kids or anyone growing up today to latch on to right so to me that's what again like is the most important thing so i'm like trying to get all that going at the same time mm-hmm yeah, that's a concept we bring up pretty frequently. You know, me and Joe, we both have young sons. Yep. And, you know, obviously they're into a lot of toy lines. Their dad owns a toy store, so I'm showing them new stuff all the time. <laughs> but there are so few properties, you know, just new ideas in the toy space. I don't know how familiar you are with, uh, you ever heard of like the, those Gujitsu toys? No, not Gujitsu, no. 
Okay, so they're like, you know, a little stretchy toys. They're pretty popular and they're new. And there's just like one 30-minute episode. Like it's very little content, you know, or maybe it's like six, eight-minute episodes of this show. And I think it's streaming on Netflix or Hulu. And my son found it. And he's watched every one of those eight-minute episodes mm-hmm. like ten times over because it's like the only, you know, basis for these toys that he loves. So the fact that you're coming up with all these ideas – you know, I mean, I mean, I got my pre-order in, dude. I want this thing to happen. Yeah, I want it to happen. It's such a, such a cool idea, and it could be, who knows, man? It could be the next Ninja Turtles. Honestly, you know, you yeah, just, we absolutely. just got to get people behind it. Yeah, the pre-order, folks. Get your pre-orders in on BigBadToyStore.com. The nine to five warriors. Uh, how long is that pre-order uh, available, Brandon? Right now, it's up until January thirteenth, I believe. But okay. that might depending on where we're at that might only be because it's not an exclusive for big bad toy story it's limited time like there so if i don't reach the goal by january but i'm getting there so i'm, I'm optimistic that we will through big bad toy Story. i will mm-hmm. open up to most likely a different retailer that i'm in the works of speaking to now i got you but the, but the goal is to get them made and um go now <laughs> bigbadtoystore.com search 9 to 5 warriors well, get your the, pre-orders the cool in. thing too about the pre-order like you're pre-ordering them you're saying you know you're telling big bad that you want these toys you're not being charged today because right. you know they have to go to production and then they got to get shipped back here it's going to be a while before you get them in hand right so by pre-ordering you're just saying hey I want these when they're available you know it's mm-hmm. no no cost out of your pocket today you're just ensuring that this cool toy gets made and when they're ready you can have them right Thank you for saying that because I know it's the holiday season. Everyone's a little tight with cash, and like the fact that yeah. they're a pre-order and you're not getting them today also stops people from buying or not buying, like just saying that yeah. they want it as you state. So yeah, thankfully, Brick Bad Toy Store they don't charge you until it ships, and if they go into production come March or a little earlier, like I have to wait for the Chinese New Year, um, I'm still aiming for them to be released in the summer of 2023. I'm ready to have a little. F- I've, I've got a fun question for you here, Brandon. <laughs> So we talked about we talked about Lieutenant Lead and number two being brothers. It's almost got like a storm shadow versus snake eyes vibe to it <laughs> when I when I dig into it or or us being big wrestling fans, it's like the Bret Hart versus Owen Hart That's rivalry. It. That's Madison it. Square Garden. So we're booking Madison Square Garden right now. We've got Lead, a Lieutenant Lead number two on the top of the card. How do the other matchups go? Let's book a wrestling card here with the commandos <laughs> versus the bandits. <laughs> Let's sell out MSG. <laughs> so, yeah, as you said, number two versus number uh, Lieutenant Lead. I am going to put it towards number two, honestly. I think you'll kick his ass. But his, his mentality might get ahead of him. You know, he, that's where he, he downfalls. Uh, classic would be Major versus Colonel Custard. Okay. Yeah, that's a main event. That's a main event anywhere in the country. That's right, right. <laughs> the others would be Bouncy versus Specialist Sugar. And I like that dynamic because she can shape shift them to anything and bouncy just this massive mass that can literally just pounce on her even if she's a tornado or whatever she's been pounce on her and oh, okay. dissipate her that's his special ability then i would say sergeant spore versus tech sergeant scotchy and oh, okay. that brute force you know big towering spore has nothing against scotchy's dynamic and like he'll wrap him <laughs> up in his tape and like you know leave them hanging just kind of like spider-man style i love it yeah. that's like yeah spider-man versus the hulk yeah 
And then Commodore Chris versus Corporal Cans, only because it's like Minion versus Minion. Oh, yeah. That's, that's perfect, man. It'd be like a six-man tag match. Right. I think it'd just be really hilarious to watch. <laughs> Bundy and... Uh, be like the Bundy and Hillbilly Jim WrestleMania 3 match with, yeah. uh, with the minis with them. <laughs> yeah, so cool, man. So, I mean, we talked about the pre-order. We talked about... You know, if guys, you got to get on Big Bad. You got to look at these images or go on Brandon's Instagram page. The figures are so cool, man. Just the fact that they exist and there's this new idea and this new concept out there. You know, like the Absolutely. world needs it, and we got to support this guy, man. These toys yeah. are so cool. Um, so you're you're hopeful that you think you're gonna <clears throat> get the minimum quantity met. Things are looking okay. And that's yeah. what's cool too to touch back on like this new era of like toys and stuff. They're on Instagram. I keep discovering like this cool underground like storm of independent creators that are yeah. creating cool toys. And unfortunately, they're called either art toys or you know customs, but they're like super limited. They'll maybe do only yeah. twenty of each if you're lucky, a, a little higher. But of course, it comes at a higher price point. So funny enough, like now that I'm creating this toy line and I see all the struggles I had to go through for the past you know ten years. I'm starting to put together, like, how can I do this again? Like, 95 Warriors is, of course, the first one I want to get out there. But there's yeah. still, I want to make toys at the end of the day. Like, I'm really sell settled on this. And I'd love to help, you know, other independent creators get to that point. Like, yeah. go across the hurdles a lot faster. So it's just funny how the universe works. Like, in my journey to make these toys, I've run into the right people that I could yeah. see can come up as, like, a super force and, like, really start my own independent or just my own toy line eventually to help yeah. support that movement and get other things out there. Because if I'm starting with that basis of like, what's your story? What's the story? What's the meat Then I can help develop it or hopefully they bring it to the table, like whatever the case may be. So that nine five warriors could just be the start of like that, that era again of like yeah. create creativity, ingenuity, all that fun stuff that we grew up with a kid. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just something about it. I think back in the nineties, I keep saying like, there's such a level like of ingenuity. And like, they also just didn't give a shit, give a crap. They like threw crap on a wall, see, yeah. see if it stuck. And they took more of a chance today. It makes sense. You, you keep doing a remake because there's a already a built in market. You don't have yeah. to spend money to technically advertise it. You're just going straight to the built in fan base. And hopefully, you know, you, you you make your profit and you do it again with another line yeah no you're right and honestly you know i just kind of go back and think about it kind of is all timing because in 2012 when you had this idea the idea of making a toy line you know if it's hard now back then it'd be impossible right but yeah. so much has changed in the last 10 years um with, even just with like 3d printing like the ability to make something is there and to take like the 10 years of knowledge that you've accumulated and share it with everyone else, dude, that's an awesome idea. You can be that resource that didn't exist for you for all these other people that have, have ideas. It's, yeah, man, super cool. That's what I'm excited about. Like, to me, video, like, story goes in line with the video. And, like, since that's my bread and butter right now, like, I know how to make good videos. Like, I'm, I, I think that could be like a real fascinating thing for these independent toy creators to like get that extra leg up because typically they only come to the market with maybe a thumbnail or like images of the, the product. But yeah. I don't know. I would love to help create more magic out there right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. What's well, an incredible toy line? I love the story. Mm-hmm. Love the story. Love the toys. It's going to be hard for you. It's going to be hard. <laughs> you, we, we, well, something we like to do here when we, when we go over toys specifically is we always try to pick our top three. Is it possible? These are all like your children. These <laughs> oh, 10, yeah. You've got to pick your words. favorite three. Can you narrow it down and pick your top three? <laughs> this is why I'm in debt. <laughs> <laughs> for real. So I did it smart by trying to release major and custard only, but people kept on asking, is there going to be more? Is there going to be more? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll make two more. Two more. <laughs> like, okay, which two? And then, all right, I'll make maybe four or six. Let's try it. And then at that point, I'm like, whatever, man. Just go with all ten at this point. I can't do like half and half. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so for me to pick, damn. Uh... Well, here, we'll give you a sec, right? We'll go around the horn. We'll go one at a time, right? All right. We'll go all three, right. and I'll, st- I'll start, right? Yeah. So my number one is the chips, man. Like, they're my top. They're so cool, such a unique idea, right? That have a dude that's split into three, and each piece is individually its own little character. Mm-hmm. Chips is my top. I'll go with Tech, the Tech Sergeant Scotchy, number Excellent one. Pick. Number one for me. <laughs> my number one is the chips. I just put in my pre order for <laughs> Commodore chips uh, all the way. <laughs> All right, you got your top one figured out yet? Top one, yeah, definitely Scotchy as well. Yeah. Yeah, Scotchy would be my number two. Okay. That figure, just a unique idea, right? To you, like, dude, Scotch tape has never been so badass. Right. <laughs> okay? It is the most badass Scotch tape you've ever seen. He's definitely, he's, he's my number two for sure. And he staples a sponsor, and I think that'd be a really unique play. Oh, there yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can sell them off of supply stores. That'd be awesome. I, I, get, I gotta get him pre-order and get him on my desk sometime <laughs> in 2023 when, that, when this line happens. Um, my number two is gonna be number two. Oh, nice. Um, appropriate. Little, little ninja pencil there. Um, I love his backstory. I thought it was a really cool backstory, and... Um, He's, he's kind of like a little bit of a, like a misfit. He is the misfit toy out of the bunch, so I got to identify with him and go there. Man, number two is hard. Um, I think I'm going with Sergeant Spore. I, oh, love, yeah. I love that he's so massive. I love the face sculpt. He's just an awesome-looking figure. <laughs> Damn. Okay. I love Spore. is probably going to be my number three, but for two, Major Racer for me. He was yeah. the actual action figure I would create as a kid. We using my school supplies, so I'd grab my little pink eraser, stab a thumbtack as an eye, draw on the face, paperclip arms and feet, and that'd be that was major relation from. I love it. That's awesome, man. How does it feel to have like that idea as a kid and actually turn it into a toy that you know people are gonna buy and have in their collections, man? That's insane, right? Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, so Hold cool. On to that feeling, that is that's the coolest part about this right now. Right, hearing yeah. even you explain it. Like, why Commodore Chris is your favorite? Like, that excites me so much. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Major Eraser would be my third. Like, you know, you got to, what's a good toy line without a good hero, right? And he's right. kind of the, he's the core that all this is built around. So he's in my top three for sure. Major Eraser. I got Specialist Sugar. Oh, I, really? Yes. I, I think, okay. the, again, the story. I'm a big yeah. story guy myself. Yeah, yeah. So the, the story's there. The only female in there. So yeah. she's got to keep all these guys in check. And she, her gimmick too, she, her arms, she has interchangeable like limbs, right? Yeah. yeah, she comes with two sets of arms, like regular, and then a shield that she can slip into. That's and bad. then the other set is like a Terminator, Terminator style like arm that's pointed like a, a 
a, a pick and then uh-huh. like a larger large fist so yeah. yeah cool very cool very cool like that's something where you get the uh specialist sugar hulk hands but sugar hands to sell you know <laughs> when this line is extremely successful in the next <laughs> year or two to where it's just blowing up and you can't even keep up with the demand and you're getting princess or specialist sugar hands hitting the shelf waves. That's what we need to get for. So the little girls have a role model. There you and go. They get their own version of Hulk hand. Thank you, thank you. Seriously, can I hire you? Just... <laughs> I go to this party and need you to go in there and introduce them. Yeah. yeah. There we go. All right, Dave or Joe, what's your uh, final in the top I got, three? I mean, you said it everything perfectly about him. I'm going with Scotchy. Yeah, yeah, you got to have Scotchy in that top three. <laughs> awesome. That's so my top three. I think, yeah, Sergeant Sport. I have to go. Like his design is really freaking awesome. I love yeah. the weight yeah. of him, the details. Um, I just love the, the, the stance of it all. And like yeah. now that I'm like playing with like, so I, my collection, I have all of the Food Fighters carded, and I never had them loose because I'm like a box collector. So I ah. just had to buy recently, like all the uh loose figures just so i could be people are asking like, oh how are they going to play with boot fighters i'm like they're sure, going to be yeah. awesome trust me but i think it had to visually see it and now me <laughs> having them alongside it was really badass actually it's like damn they're pretty perfect boot fighters yeah. are an odd scale anyways you know like french fries are the same as like a pizza and pancakes but it still yeah. works yeah, I wanted to, t- before we go, I did want to touch on Food Fighters for a minute because obviously anyone who sees these toys, is they're going to think back to the Food Fighters. Right. Was that a line that you collected as a kid or is that something that you kind of you know d- found out about later in life? I found out about it as, as a kid, but later than its existence. I found out about it in like 93, so at that point okay. it was already discontinued. Yeah. And a friend of mine in middle school had it and he got it from his older brother. So I think okay. that whole like older brother, you know, having the coolest toy like sunk into them because they made for some reason I like I really fell in love with Food Fighters. And like I said, I was playing with school supplies, so they were like a perfect mix of like yeah. makeshift characters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for some reason that like kicked kicked into my like I wanted them all and yeah. even trying to find them back then was really hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I am also a big fan of Food Fighters. Big fan. I just kind of wait until they walk into my life, though. You know, so uh, my collection, very slowly, I'm accumulating a full collection, but I'm in no rush. But I love that your toys, you know, they just kind of, they go hand in hand, man. They're going to work perfectly together. Thank you, thank you. It's funny, like, people mention Food Fire, but, like, Ninja Turtles was truly, like, everything for me. Like I said, it was one of my favorites growing up. It's just something about it that... It was just fresh and unique. It's so random. It's just like Ninja Turtles, <laughs> right? And yeah. there's the Master Splinter and everything. I just—it was just such a cool, unique storyline that obviously that's why it's resonated to hundreds of millions of people today. Today, yeah, I can definitely see the parallels uh, between the Nine to Five Warriors and the TMNT. Mm, absolutely, like the Japanese energy drink and the retro mutagen <laughs> ooze. You know, same vibes there. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's awesome. Yeah, we need to we need to get a series two of these so Alan McMillan can get a toy of himself as well. That's what we need to push for. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you are Alan. That's true. That's true. You are. But yeah, you know, it doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. What I'd love is actually there's I'm experimenting with the concept now. Like is um, I call them like adult uh, connects pieces. But essentially, I'm gonna since I know now of the whole process of like molding and casting, all this stuff is very expensive. Like what I want to create are the very 
actual individual uh, meeting points to use actual pencils and pens. Like if I can create this middle oh, wow. section that looks like connects pieces, but that work with actual supplies, that's mm -hmm. where I want to start selling like these like cheap kits of like 20 connector pieces so you can build, you know, a catapult or a barrier system, or oh. if I can figure out, but using real office supplies. So it's like bring yeah. your own BYO like supplies, <laughs> bring your own supplies. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Dang. So again, to tap into the imagination of like, get you playing with your hands and like thinking like, oh, I can make this, I can do that, you know? So I, I hope that everyone can become their own Alan McMillan in some <laughs> That's incredible. I love that. Yeah, super cool. Well, yeah, I mean, again, man, Brandon, we appreciate you talking to us about the line. It's so cool. Like I said, my pre-order's in. I ordered all 10, right? So I'm ready for, I'm ready for the whole deal next year when they arrive. But, yeah, before we go, I mean, anything you want to get in, any plugs, anything that you, you want the listeners to, to know about before we wrap it up? Uh, I've, I've, I've spoken a lot in my mouth. But <laughs> just being on here, if you resonate with any of the characters, like I said, please support just by placing your pre-order. Also, let me know which one's your favorite because I really do love getting these DMs of people that are discovering it and, like, just mm -hmm. going off, you know, like, oh, my God, this is Corporal Ken, like – the more and more I hear about Corporal Can, I'm like, that's so crazy. Like, I literally was scared about him. <laughs> is that the biggest shock to you, Corporal Can? Is that the biggest? And Specialist the... Sugar, truthfully, because okay. Specialist Sugar, you know, being female. And then also I wanted her to have the way she stands. Like, I wanted it to have a larger stance that she looks like she's forming midway. Yeah. And it's a little more limited articulation. But then my idea was, like, to build upon that base, hopefully, later on. Or at least just more different attachments. But... Uh -huh. She's again like resonating with a lot of buyers now, right? Too. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Brandon, we appreciate having you on. We look forward to Nine to Five Warriors. Get your pre-orders in BigBadToyStore.com right now. Pre-order them, like Keith said. It's not going to hit your account right away. But we got to get these things made. Mm -hmm. We got to get a cartoon made. We got to get everything made. This is like the <laughs> coolest thing that I've discovered. In the last, maybe yeah. in my entire adulthood. That Dave, wa Dave, wants cur Dave wants curtains and bed sheets. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's get bed sheets to these. Take like, I yeah. want the bed uh, tent. If I can make it shaped like a cubicle office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the tent. Yes, excellent. Let's, let's make it happen, people. It's up to us to make this happen. Oh, man. I appreciate you guys, honestly. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, man. Thank you. Man, guys, that was a lot of fun, huh? That was great. Dude, Brandon is a very cool guy. Are we getting good at interviewing people? I think or? we're the best at interviewing people. <laughs> You're always so confident. Dude, you got to be confident in your own stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, hey, we're, we're amateurs when it comes to the interview process, in my yeah. opinion. We will continue to work on it. But it's all about the guest. And Brandon that's was it. an incredible guest. Pressman a few, uh, oh, God, month. God, that's already been a month. Really? Um, you know, that He was a great guest as well. So, yeah, let us know. I mean, if you have, give us some feedback on that. And there's a good way to do that. There is. It's the Time Blaster toy line, guys. We talk about it all mm. the time. What is it? 734-494-2292? That sounds right to me. I have that committed to That's, memory. You do. Look at us. We do a little, little happy dance to that. Yeah, we've got some text. we got some calls on the toy line. So, guys, you got an opinion? You want to talk to us? Share us your thoughts. But, hey, we ended the year on a high note. Let's, we did. Let's start the year on a high note. Absolutely. Let's start the year with a podcast that... Our whole toy cast was founded on. We're talking WWF Hasbro's, mm. and let's do Series Six and Seven together, guys. Let's fire what that time machine up. I'm excited. I can't wait. So yeah, guys, next week Series Six, Series Seven, WWF Hasbro's. We're kicking off the new year with a bang. <laughs>